called What If? What If? And we're going to look at, uh, you know, several questions over the next few weeks asking, What If This? Now, last week, the question that we asked is, What If we took the Bible seriously. And, you know, any Christian, if I could ask anybody in any church, I mean, do you think the Bible's important? Oh, yeah, absolutely, number one. But truthfully, when we break it down, if we took it seriously, you know, we would, we would spend a lot more time with it because what I found is many people, they spend hours a day on cell phones, TV, sports, and minutes, maybe, minutes on God. Hours on entertainment, but minutes on God and minutes in the Bible. And we asked last week, what if, what would happen if Christians in this church and everywhere got, I mean, spent, spent this, the amount of time you spend on your phone right now, if that's an hour a day, two hours a day. What if instead of that, it was an hour a day, two hours a day on your Bible? Wow. What would happen if you just traded Bible time with phone time, and you, and you merely spent minutes with your phone and hours with God. What would happen? What if? And, you know, that, and, you know, it's, you know, hey, don't stare at me like that. I didn't take your phone away yet. We're, we're fixing to. No. But, you know, but, but seriously, what if? Can you imagine that? And so tonight, what I'm going to talk about is this. This is what God's laid on my heart all week. And this isn't, this isn't a topic that I've necessarily taught on that often, but... God wants us to hear this tonight, and, and, and the, the question is this, what if we took praise seriously? What if we took praise seriously? And one thing that I tell the youth group nearly every week, because, you know, we get to our worship time, and then a bunch of them think it's time to, you know, dance, or they what, dab, or whatever that is, you know, they start going, doing dumb stuff, and I'm like, okay, guys, listen, Listen, let's reel it in. And any of you in my youth group, you can testify that I say this nearly every week, can't you? I'll say, guys, listen, okay. We're going to have tons of fun tonight, but check it out. When we come to church and we're singing songs, we are not just singing songs. Okay? Anybody can sing songs. And I've sang a lot of stupid songs in my life that have got me nowhere and done absolutely nothing for me. But there's a difference between singing a song, you know, about some boy or some girl or some dog or some, you know, toy, whatever. There's a difference between that. That's one thing. But then when you're singing to God Almighty, that's a whole different thing. That is not singing a song. That is praising the Almighty. That is worshiping the Creator, the person that made you loves you it's deeper than that so if you come to if you come to church and you're like okay now it's music time you are you are clueless man you are i'm sorry i don't know where you got that idea we don't do music time at church we do worship time we do praise time what if christians took praise seriously man praise is incredibly powerful absolutely a powerful and, and if you break it down it's one of the weapons that God's given you to break through to victory in a lot of areas of your, of your life. So uh, we're going to talk about this for a few minutes tonight, and I really believe that God's going to change your life. So let's, let's open up in prayer here, and we're going to get started. 
Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much that we we have a church to come and and worship in and praise in. Lord, we have a church to learn about you and and to build each other up in our faith. Lord, I pray tonight in Jesus' name that as we're gathered here in your name, that you will speak to each person, Lord. As we say so many times, you know what each person is facing in their life and dealing with right now, and you have answers. So I pray in Jesus' name that you'll speak to us tonight, you'll change us, you'll bring us up to a higher level, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen. Point number one tonight is this. Number one, you need more than prayer to win the battle. You're like, well, I, I don't know. That sounds kind of, that sounds kind of, a, you know, me. listen, I am not belittling prayer at all. Prayer is powerful. It's life changing. I don't, you know, we'll have another lesson on prayer. Prayer is key and fundamental and huge and absolutely a a nightmare to the devil. Okay, absolutely. But a problem is this, is that so many Christians that they they don't know to, to use any of the other resources that God has given you to get to victory. You do not have to be bright to pray when you're in trouble. Complete idiots can do this. You know, they're in trouble. They're like, oh my God, we better pray right now. Listen, anybody knows that. That's, this is obvious. Everybody knows this, even if they don't admit it or not. But the sad truth is, is that not that many people know that in the heat of the battle, at the midnight hour, when things are coming down on you, listen, we, you're going to pray if you have any sense about you at all. But I'm trying to tell you about something else that God has given you to break through to victory. And that is if you will pray and then praise in the midnight hour, if you will praise God in the heat of the battle, he can bring you through. This that's all over the Bible. There's so many stories that we're going to look at tonight. So the first place I want you to turn is in Second Chronicles, chapter 20, Second Chronicles, chapter 20. Yes. So we're going to look at a story of King Jehoshaphat. How would you like that to be your name? Jehoshaphat. No, I really don't know anything if Jehoshaphat had weight issues or not. So this I don't know if he was fat, but I do know. That he found himself in a really bad situation in 2 Chronicles 20. Three other armies had decided to gang up on Judah. Jehoshaphat was king of Judah. And, uh, and they're, they're closing in. I mean, he's got, Jehoshaphat's got guys out there. Okay, they're, they're getting closer. They're this far away. They're, they're, this is where they're at right now. And he is absolutely panicked and terrified. And so he's fasting. He's praying. He, he's, he's begging God, you know, literally begging God, please tell me, and tell me what to do. And, and, and he's all over the place and he's really not doing any of it in faith. He's doing it out of fear, out of God save us. We're going down. And it's, this is going to be awful. He was terrified. And so, uh, what happens here is he gathers some people around to pray and see what's going to happen. But look at 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and we're going to pick up the story here at verse 12. And so he's praying. He says, oh, our God, won't you stop them? We're powerless against this mighty army that's about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we're looking to you for help. So at this moment, this sounds like a very fearful man. He's like, we're getting ready to get attacked. We don't know what to do. Help us. Bail us out of this one. And, uh, you know, I don't know if this is a prayer of faith or what, but look at this. Verse 13, as all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, Wives and children, 
The Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Mataniah. I practiced these earlier. A Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. And so now the Spirit of the Lord comes upon this guy. Comes upon him during this time of prayer. And listen, he said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. And so many times we're sitting there wringing our hands. Oh, God, what are we going to do? Oh, Lord, what am I going to, what am I, what am I, what am I, what am I, what am I going to do? And you're trying to figure it out in your own strength, man. Maybe if I got more money, maybe if I did this, maybe. And, and, and the Lord's want to tell you, stop that. Quit. The battle is not yours. It's mine. Do it my way and you're going to win. But so often we're just we're trying to figure this out. We're trying to do it. We're trying to make it happen. And God's trying to say, would you shut up for a minute? Listen to me. I've got this. And so verse 16, tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley. But or that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. What? I, that doesn't make any sense. We got the three armies and you're telling us where they're coming to. and what. To, but we don't need to fight. What, what does this mean? It just says, take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. And so this is very encouraging, but also it, I guess it could be confusing because all you know is, okay, we're going to show up for battle, but we're not allowed to fight. That doesn't make any sense. What, if we're not going to fight, how are we going to beat them? Because war is, you know, it's, you fight. That's, that's how you win a war. You, you, you're stronger, you overpower, you beat the enemy. So God says, you are definitely going to win. I guarantee a victory tomorrow as long as you don't fight. Now, you've been training to fight, you're in the army, you're in the military, right? This is what you do, and the Lord tells you, your best chance of victory is if you just won't fight at all. If you just go out there and just, st- and just watch. You just go out there and be a spectator and watch, and I guarantee you, you're going to win. And so I'm, I'm sure the soldiers are thinking, what in the world? I, I, don't, well, I don't get it. How are we going to win? They can't figure this out at all. But listen, we know. The Bible tells us that God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And we, we get ourselves in trouble always trying to figure out how God's going to do it. When you get a word from the Lord, as long as it lines up with the scripture, you obey what that is. And so here we are. God is speaking to them and telling them what to do. And so let me show you something down at verse 21. This is one of the most incredible victories ever. Verse 21. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Now, can you imagine if we're, you know, going to war with some country or something and the general of, you know, whoever's in charge of the forces here gets everyone together. He's like, okay, we're sending in the Marines. We're sending in the Navy SEAL Team 6. But first... Worship team, tune your guitars. You're going before everybody. I feel, all right, yeah, whoa. 
Oh, man. And so, I mean, that's what they did. They've got, you know, they've got a good military here. And he's like, we're sitting in the army, baby. Woo! But first, worshipers, are you ready? You with that song? And, and so they send, sure enough, they brought the army. They were there. They didn't get a fight as I'm getting ready to show you, but they were there, technically. And, but first they send the worshipers in front and they're singing, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His mercy endures forever. And they're out there singing. And look what happens with this battle plan. So they're singing. They're out there doing their thing. Verse 22. At the very moment they began to sing and give what? The Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. When you praise, it sends confusion into the enemy camp. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground. As far as they could see, not a single one of the enemy had escaped. They, because of praise, praise sends confusion into the enemy camp. They didn't have to even worry about, all oh, the couple got away. No, they literally killed every single one of each other. How did this happen? Because once you think at the end, there'd be at least one guy, you know, left standing that was the last guy that killed. You know, mathematically, it's kind of crazy. But anyway, not one single person survived. They all killed each other. The enemy destroyed themselves and the, the army of Judah, they didn't do one single thing except sing a worship song, sing a praise song to God. You're going to tell me that praise isn't powerful, that I shouldn't praise when I'm surrounded by enemies, that I shouldn't praise when, I, when, I, when I've got danger on every side and it looks impossible. I'm going to pray every time. Jehoshaphat and the guys... They prayed. Absolutely. Go, number one, if I'm in a situation, I'm going to go to the Word of God totally 100% of the time. I'm definitely going to pray 100% of the time. But the third thing that I'm going to do that most Christians don't do is just as I, I am going to go and I'm going to start praising and singing to God in the heat of the battle every single time because it works. It absolutely works. And, you know, when we praise God, we're truly saying this battle is the Lord's. This is yours, God. This battle is yours. And, you know, we all pray in trouble. But what if we praised in trouble, too? That's what I'm, that's what I'm talking about tonight. Now, uh, Brother Hagen, we got a great book. I, I hope it's in the bookstore. It's called God's Greater Glory. Um, I don't, check that out. It may be in, should be in there. Great book. And, uh, and, you know, and I've been studying some of that this week, but, but Brother Hagen tells the story of this lady that had severe asthma. And, you know, this, this was like back in the 50s and stuff, so this was a long time ago. But she had severe asthma, and she'd been prayed for by every, you know, preacher or person that she could find everywhere. And it just, it wasn't getting any better, it wasn't going away. And so she comes to this one preacher to be prayed for, for the asthma. I mean, and it was serious. You know, this was a serious asthma, bad. And he's getting ready to pray. And he's like, I can tell you've been prayed over a lot of times, have you? This is not the first time somebody's prayed over it. She's like, no, thousands of times. He says, have you ever tried praising God whenever an asthma attack comes? She's like, no. 
Why would I do that? Why would I praise? He's like, you know, you're not, you're not praising God for the asthma attack. I'm talking about every time. Here's what I want you to do. Every single time you even think about asthma, every time you even think about this situation, I want you to start praising God that he's a healing God. Start praising God. Lord, I praise you. Your word says in 1 Peter 2, 24, by Jesus' stripes I am healed. Lord, I praise you that Matthew 8, 17 says that Jesus took my sickness and removed my disease. And just start singing to God. And she's like, okay, I'll do it. And so she said she went home that night and she just, she just started praising for the next few days. And, and just while she was cleaning the house, while the kids were at school, she'd praise. While she was driving around, she would just, she just started praising God all the time. Just singing praise songs, you know, singing praise songs. And after about 30 days, she realized, wait a minute, I haven't had an asthma attack or any symptom in the last 30 days, none. And she stopped and she documented this and, and told people about it. And, and then she saw Brother Hagen eight years later and she hadn't had an asthma attack then. And the truth of the matter is this, is that she never had an asthma attack again for the rest of her life, ever again. <laughs> prayer is a big part of it, but she put praise with prayer and praise and prayer are the one-two punch, buddy. You, got, you get both of those going, you are in amazing shape. And so there's another story that's been told by Brother Hagen about this pastor uh, back in the, the 40s that had tuberculosis. And, you know, I'm, that's pretty much like eradicated in our day and age, for the most part in the U.S. because of vaccination stuff. But back then, this was one of the leading causes of death in the United States was tuberculosis, a bad, bad disease. And so this preacher got it. And he, had, of course, he, he started, you know, he, everywhere he went, he'd have people pray. He had, he said, thousands of people praying for him, but it just kept getting worse to the point where he had to quit preaching. He went to his in-laws house on the farm in Texas because he couldn't do anything else. One day he's laying in bed and it's getting so bad. He's like, this is, I don't, I can't take this anymore. He sees there's this old tree stump out, out in the field there. He's like, God, I'm going to crawl out to that stump and I'm either going to pray until I get healed or until I die, but I'm done. He has hardly any strength at all. He gets out and he's crawling through this field to this tree stump, plops himself on it and starts praying for healing. After a while, man, nothing's happened. He's still there and he's like, and he's thinking, he starts thinking to himself, man, if prayer alone was, was, was the only resource I had, if prayer was my only option, I would have had to have been healed by now. I've got thousands of people praying for me. It would have had to have happened. Well, God, that's it. I'm going to lay here and I'm going to praise you until I either get healed or until I take my last breath and die. Either way, I'm not getting up from this stump the same way that I... That I and so all he could do was whisper. So he starts whispering out a little bit of praise, just whispering. And as he's laying there the whisper turns to a little bit of singing where he could actually hear it a little bit. And he starts singing, singing, and he's, he, he's getting stronger and stronger. True story. And, and, and he's getting louder and louder. Pretty soon he's up on his knees. Pretty, up, pretty soon he's up on his feet praising God. And after, I mean, they said, he said he praised God for two hours on that tree stump and he got so loud, a farmer two miles up the road reported hearing this guy sing. And they, they're like, what's going on? So, and they get out there. The man was totally 100% healed of tuberculosis, never to come back again for the rest of his life. There's power in praise. 
so many times we think our only option is just prayer. That, again, that's huge. Huge. You've got to, got to do that. But listen, when you put praise with prayer mixed in with the word of God, you have got a nightmare for the devil. He's terrified of this. If a Christian could just get a hold of the power of praise, what if we took praise more seriously? And I can tell you from my own life that, you know, that the times that I that I'm down or something's trying to come against me, if I feel something less than the joy of the Lord trying to come in and take my day so many times, man, and, I, and I, I've got to get even better at this. But if I will just stop and sing praise to God, yes. I'll just stop and sing praise to God. It's pretty much impossible to keep me down. And I, I say that in total honesty and no matter what is coming against me, what type of news I've got that day, if I'll just stop, shut it all out for a few minutes, and start singing praise songs, I mean, I will, I would come skipping out of the room, man. It, it is just something about praising God. And usually for me, I'm not singing, you know, the most cutting edge song, you know, the Hillsong just got it off the record, got it into the studio, you know, Bethel Worship just put a lyric video on YouTube, you know, and all that. no, that's, that's great. I love that stuff. It's amazing. It's great. But usually what I sing is I'll start singing a song from when I was a little kid, a song that I learned in Sunday school almost every time. I don't know what, that's just me. I'm not saying you got to do that. I'm just talking about me. If I'm having a bad day and I'll start singing something from when I was a little kid, rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice. I'll start singing, man, and I can't stay sad. It can't happen. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm just trying to think of some of the songs I sing. I start singing, I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes a lame to walk and the blind to see. You know, you, you throw in the you throw in the drum rolls, but anyway, I you know I I start singing, man, and I am telling you what, I will walk out of that room feeling like like Chuck Norris or something. I'm like, bring the devil, I'm going to kick him. You know, I'm ready to go, ready to go, and and it, it happens when we start praising God because praise opens your heart for God to really speak to you. Why, you know, I've, I've been thinking about, why is that? Why, when I praise, does this happen? Well, when you praise God, it silences your soul. Because your soul, as we've studied, is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Your emotions will come and try to control your life. And I know a lot of people that are controlled by their emotions, and they do very foolish things. And they have very bad days. They do whatever they feel like doing. That's a dangerous person. Somebody that's controlled by their emotions. But when we praise and we worship God, it calms the soul. And God can speak to your spirit. And then you can really get into some prayer, man. If you will praise for a while and then begin prayer... You've got your soul calmed down. You're, th- you're already, you're on God now, man. You're, you're focused on God. You've bypassed your soul. You're not, you know, what, whatever mood you were in at the time, it's gone. You know, it's, you're beyond that now. And now you're into a place where you can pray. And I'm telling you, this is, it's at these times that God will speak to my heart in a big way. You know, uh, 
five, five years ago, you know, I was living in Indiana, you know, some of you know the story, helping, a, helping a, a ministry there get some youth ministry started. And at that time, man, th- things weren't going very well. And so every morning I would, I would go to the church there, you know, five, sometimes four, sometimes earlier in the morning. And I mean, I would just, I would get into this little church building and I would, I would praise God for a while. I would sing to God, you know, and no one's there, man. I'm going to sing as loud as I want to. And then after that though, after, after singing for a little while, I would start praying in the spirit for a while. And God would speak to my heart. Just, I mean, clear as day. I could hear the voice of the Lord. I mean, I mean, just totally hear the voice. Of, not with my, I didn't hear a, a, an audible voice booming out of heaven. Hey, Dave, listen, I need you to, okay, listen up, listen, no. But I would hear in my heart, I would hear, absolutely, undeniably, hear the voice of the Lord speaking to my heart. After I would spend some time in praise and in worship. Because praise, it bypasses your soul and your knowledge, your mind. Because don't you think... When Jehoshaphat sent that army out, if they were listening to their mind, they would have said, no, we're not going to send the worship team out there. We're going to send the toughest guys we've got. They were out of their minds at this point. Praise will put you out of your mind. And that's a really good thing, because at that point, you're not relying on yourself. What does it say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean unto your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. When you praise God, you're, you're, getting by, you're getting beyond your understanding. You're getting beyond your mind. And you're getting to the heart of God. And, and He will tell you what to do. And I'm telling you, at those moments, God can tell me anything. No matter how crazy it sounds, I will go do it. Absolutely. If He says, Yo, go, go do this. Go talk to these people over here. Give them every penny you got. Like, okay, fine. That's fine. I'll do that. I will listen to God so much better in these moments because I have bypassed my understanding and my mind. And that's what happened when Jehoshaphat sent the worship and praise team ahead of the Marines or the army or whoever it was. It made no sense at all, but it worked. It worked. And you can't argue with results, can you? You can sit and make fun of Jehoshaphat all day long, but guess what? He beat three armies. He won. He didn't lose a single guy. They didn't even have to swing their fist one time and they won. So I'm going to say he heard from God and it worked. So we got to realize how important praise is. And number one, you need more than prayer to win the battle. It's, that's not the only resource that you have. And the second thing we're going to say is this. Number two is that praise will bring breakthrough. Praise will bring breakthrough. Now, is there anybody in here that you could say, man, I, I need a breakthrough in a certain area. I need a breakthrough with this job. I need a breakthrough in this relationship with these finances and with this person. I need a breakthrough with my health. I need something to change because I'm running into a wall here and I got to break through this thing or, or I don't know what's going to Listen, praise will bring a breakthrough. And I love something that Brother Hagin said here in this book, God's Greater Glory. He said, it's when we spend equal time in fellowshipping with the Lord in prayer and in singing praises that we see mighty manifestations of his power in our lives. He said, it's when we spend equal time worshiping and fellowshipping with God in prayer 
and in praise that we start to see the power of God and manifestation in our lives. And he told another story about this young missionary girl in the 1930s that had smallpox. Again, we're like, we hear these diseases and it's, you know, I don't know anybody that's died of smallpox. Well, again, this is back in the 30s. And so this, this missionary girl, she had smallpox and she was dying. And she, you know, people praying, of course, everywhere, praying, praying, praying. That's good. That's great. That's, again, exactly what you got to be doing. And, of course, speaking the word of God. But here she is. Nothing's changing. And so the Lord gives her a vision this one night. And she sees a scale. And I'm talking about, you know, the old-fashioned types of scales where you put one thing, you know, on each side. And a balanced scale. And in this scale... On one side is the word praise, and on the other side is the word prayer. And in, in her scale, God said, this is you know, the scale of your spiritual life. The prayer side was full and all the way down to the ground, and the praise side had nothing in it at all. It was up here in the air because it was empty. And God said, listen, you're not, you're not balanced here. The only thing that you're doing about your situation is praying. He said, when you can get your praise equal with your prayer, you're going to get healed. She went home and she did nothing but praise God for two days. She balanced things out. She balanced it out with all those months of prayer that she'd had. And that's great. Perfect. But she balanced it out after only two days time. 100% healed when she balanced out the praise and the prayer. And so we've got to get a hold of this revelation of how powerful praise is because we just don't get it. We have not gotten how powerful of a resource that praising God is. And this is, you know, we praise God for who he is, but it's also a resource and a gift that God has given us to bring the power into our lives. Very familiar story. Acts chapter 16. Let's look at Acts chapter 16. One of my favorite Bible stories, Acts chapter 16. And here we are, probably my favorite Bible character other than Jesus is this guy named Paul. I love Paul because Paul, well, Paul was crazy, okay? Let's just face it. Paul was insane. And, and he did really, really powerful things for God because he didn't care about if you beat him up, he was still going to preach to you. You could, you know, he was still going to do it. He did not have any care at all about his physical well-being, which is great. And then he also, he didn't care what people thought about him. You could make fun of him and his mama all day long, and he was still going to preach, pray, do what he did. He didn't care. And so because of that, God could use Paul in a really great big way. So Acts chapter 16, there's this girl following Paul and Silas around. And she's possessed of the devil, but she follows them. And everywhere they go, these are men of the Most High God. They know the way. Oh, yes, men of the Most. And, and the thing was, you'd think, well, thank you for the compliment, young lady. But no, Paul could see right through it that she was possessed. Just the devil talking. And he wasn't saying it in a complimentary way. He was, she, the devil speaking through her was doing it in a mocking way. There's nothing good about this at all. So Paul put up with it for a few days. Then finally one day, it says he gets exasperated and looks at her and points and says, You son of the devil! And I mean, just boom! Cast the devil out. And all of a sudden, this girl, she can't be a fortune teller anymore. She can't do the thing. And so anyway, make a long story short, 
her owners get mad, they have Paul and Silas put in prison. Now, this isn't, you know, where they, you know, justice for all, like, you know, you have the right to remain silent, anything, you, you know, you'll, you know, an attorney will be appointed to you. No, this is, get in there, we're getting ready to beat you to a pulp. And so, they beat Paul and Silas, just beat them, beat them, beat them, and, and all this stuff. Then they put them into the inner dungeon, locked them up in stocks. Now, traditionally, the stocks I've seen, you lock your head up, then you put your arms in there, and then you chain your feet. Probably a, a very torturous position to be in, even if you're in great health. But if you've just been beaten to a bloody pulp, it's probably a really uncomfortable spot to be in. And so Acts chapter 16, verse 25, Paul and Silas, bad, bad situation, beaten, locked up, and all alone. Look at verse 25. Around midnight, so I'm guessing they're tired too, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. What two things were they doing? Praying and singing. The prayer and praise. Uh oh. When you put those two together, a tornado is getting ready to happen to the kingdom of darkness. They've got prayer and praise at the midnight hour. And I, I can guarantee you they did not feel like singing praises to God. And too many times we're like, I know I should pray. I don't feel like it right now, man. It's not, not, you know, maybe later, not in the mood. I don't feel like reading my Bible. You know what I mean, man? I don't feel like singing right now. I just, I don't, I don't feel it. I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? I'm not there. I don't feel it. And I'm like, man, thank God there are people that praise when they don't feel like it. Thank God there are people that pray for me when they don't feel like doing it. I thank God that there are people that read their Bible when they don't feel like reading their Bible. Because they're the people that get things done in life. They're the people that God can use. They're the people that you read about 2,000 years after their death because they did something with their life. And so Paul and Silas, no doubt about it, did not feel like praising God at midnight after they'd had the worst day of their lives. But here they are, they're praying and they're singing hymns to God. And as I've said this so many times... What's amazing is they could not have just been whispering and barely whimpering out some praise songs. They had to have been very, very loud because it specifically says the other prisoners heard them. How could you hear them if they're in the inner dungeon? They're in the basement with fortified, thick, concrete walls. This isn't drywall. This is, I mean, they didn't have it. This is thick, concrete walls. They are singing so loud, the other prisoners heard it. And they're probably thinking, man, what's happened to those fools? They're, oh my, what's going on down there? Is that those guys that they just beat up and put down there? What's going on? And they're down there and they are praising God with every ounce of strength that they have. Every bit of air their lungs will push from their bodies is going out in prayer and praise to God. Do you think God heard that? Do you think God took notice of this? Absolutely. Look at verse 26. It says this. I love this. There's praying, there's they're praising, and then suddenly there was a massive earthquake. 
and the prison was shaken to the foundations, all the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prisoner fell off. Praise breaks the chains, man. It unlocks the doors and sets you free. God was all over this because you could say, well, there was just an earthquake. That's an earthquake prone region. And blah. do earthquakes normally open doors and unlock handcuffs? OK, we have earthquakes in California all the time. And I'm not I'm not one time heard of one where it came and unlocked prisoners handcuffs and they got out and the doors open. You know, I'm not one time have I ever heard of this happening. This was sent by God because praise will shake things up. In your life, if you're in a situation, man, and you praise God, it'll shake things up a little bit and God's going to get you out of that mess. And that's what happened to Paul and Silas. But again, they were given equal opportunity to prayer and praise. They were doing both. And I'm telling you this, that God took notice and something happened that night. And you got to notice that too many people. They would they they'll praise all day long after they got the victory. But it takes a person of faith to praise before the victory. It takes a person of faith to praise during the midnight hour, to praise in the heat of the battle when the enemy is staring you in the face saying, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to take your kids, your money, your mama, every I'm kicking you down. It takes a person of faith to start saying Lord, I lift your name on high, whatever your song of choice is. That takes some guts. That takes some guts to do that. But God notices because guess what? Hebrews eleven six tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible. And if you've got enough faith to sing when it's staring you in the eyes, when it's knocking at your door, when the enemy's right there doing everything he can to take you down. If you've got enough guts to do this, even if you don't feel like it, I praise you. Lord, you are good. Your mercy endures forever. You are faithful to the end. You are worthy of all glory, honor, and praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. If you can just say the words hallelujah, if you can just get that out of your mouth and praise God for a few minutes, something's going to happen. Something's going to start happening. Something's going to start shaking free. I think about King David. You know, uh, he, we know he wrote most of the Psalms. Uh, and a lot of them are about praising God. And, and the thing about David is he did not have an easy life. He didn't have an easy life. He had Saul and these guys chasing him down for a whole bunch of his life. He was running. Here he, he's been anointed king of Israel by the prophet. The, you know, you're going to be the next king. And then, I mean, it all breaks loose in his life. He's running, hiding in caves. He's got people trying to kill him. He's got a bad stuff happening all the time. But through it all, he's, he's writing psalms. You, sometimes you'll read the heading to one of them, a psalm of David written from the time he was hiding in the cave, at, you know, whatever. And, and you read all this stuff. And David is the only man in the Bible that God says, this is David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. I'm not saying he was God's favorite. God has no favorites. But it's just interesting that David is the only person recorded that God said, this is a man after my own heart. And I think one of the reasons for that is because he was a man of praise, no matter how bad it was going. He'd say, it's, it's, this is not where I want to be right now, but thank you, Jesus. Lord, I'm alive. 
Psalm 27, beautiful Psalm 23, beautiful Psalm 34. 33 is a good one, too. Uh, <laughs> I like the, like the Psalm. But we're going to look right now at Psalm 22, verse 3. Psalm 22, verse 3. And I like this in the King James Version. We're going to read this in the King James. Psalm 22, verse 3. Because David was absolutely a man of praise. <clears throat> so don't wait to praise until you feel like it, you gotta, you got to praise. The best time to praise is when you don't feel like it. Because it will change your whole mood and everything if you'll start praising God. But Psalm 22, verse 3, David says, But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. It says, You inhabit the praises of Israel, the praises of your people. You, you inhabit the praises of your people. So praising God creates an atmosphere for Him to work in your life. That's why so many times the answers come during moments of praise. There's been times I've just been sitting here in the worship service, raising my hands, singing, and then all of a sudden it hits me. Whoa! I just got the answer that I needed. I've been wondering what to do right there, and God just totally, I wasn't even asking Him about it. He just told me. What to do for this? Anybody else that's ever happened to you where you weren't even sitting there begging God, Lord, please give me No, you're just, Lord, you are so good. I love you. And then, boom, he plants it right on you, man. He, he, he tells you what you needed to hear. And so we have tons of verses that tell us that God hears the prayers of his people. But this verse tells us that God inhabits the praises of his people. You know, I think about it this way. We're, we're inhabitants of Barstow or, you know, the surrounding area, depending on where you're from. That, this is where you, you live here, you stay here, and, and, you know, this is where you make your habitation where you're at. Listen to me. It says right here, if you're a praiser, that God makes you his inhabitant. He inhabits those praises. He's in the atmosphere all around you if you're a praiser. Now, we know God will never leave you, forsake you. He's always in your heart. We get that. But it says specifically that God inhabits, he dwells, he lives in that atmosphere of praise. And somebody that's just a praiser, man, you are in, you've got just the presence of God. You, you live in that presence all the time. And that's a beautiful place to be, is dwelling and living in the presence of God. And, and when you let God make his inhabitation, he's inhabiting this praise that you've got coming out of your mouth all the time. It gives him the power and the room and everything to just come in and you hear so clearly, man. And, and God just, just has his way in your life. He inhabits the praises of his people. What if? We took this seriously. What if we took praise seriously and got past the, oh, well, man, yeah, I like my church. They've got good songs. The, the music's great over there, man. It's awesome. Yeah, it's great. great music. Yeah, oh, love it. It's, if, if it's music to you, you're missing it. You're, you're missing out on so much of what God has for you. It, it, it's more than music. Anybody can do music. If I want good music... I live in Southern California. I could drive two hours any night of this week and hear great music from probably some of the top bands in the world if it was about music. Anybody can create music. It takes something special. It, it's something different when it's praise and worship to God. There's absolutely no 
power in getting together and just singing a bunch of songs. You know, we get together to sing Beach Boys songs. We probably have a good time, you know. It's good stuff. It's cute. It's fun. But I'm not going to leave there built up and say, oh, blah, 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 Barbara Ann. Wow. <laughs> Barbara Ann. It's not going to do a thing for you, man. But we could get the little kids together and they could sing, Jesus loves me. And the power of God could come down and shake a prison and set some people free. There's just, you can't describe it. You can't fully, I don't fully comprehend it because God's so much bigger than me. All I know is this. When I sing praises and when I speak praises to God, the power of God comes down and does things that nobody else can do. If we took praise more seriously, we'd start seeing a lot of the power of God in our life. You'd see more people getting healed. I can guarantee you that. Absolutely. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying, you know, just 100% of the time that's, that's the only solution to everybody. But it's a big part of it. If we became a church of praise and lived lives of praise along with prayer and the word, you'd see miracles all the time. Paul saw miracles all the time. Peter saw miracles all the time. Acts chapter 3, they're going to the temple to pray. There's this man that's been lame since birth, never walked a step in his life. He says, hey, alms, alms, give me some money. And Peter looks at him and says, hey, man, look at us, Peter and John. Silver and gold, I don't have any of that. I don't have any money right now, to be honest. I don't have any silver or gold. But I'll give you what I do have. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk! And the guy gets up, and it says this guy never walked a step in his life. He jumps up, and it says he starts walking and leaping and praising God. And people are like, dude, it's the crippled guy! He's running around and dancing! What? And I mean, this spread ever the whole town heard about it because everybody knows that's the crippled guy that begs outside of the church every day. But when Peter and John, they're full of prayer and praise in the word, they say, I'm not going to give you money. Money won't make you be able to walk. Money is not the solution to every problem. Money is rarely ever. I mean, it is not the answer to your problems. The word of God is. Prayer is praises. That's where you're going to get your answers. And that's what Peter and John did in Acts chapter 3. So after all that, you know, we, we know, man, if you need a breakthrough, praise, it'll get the job done. <laughs> praise is like, it's, it's a bomb, man. Praise is, it's, you know, my brother's been down there doing his marine stuff. He's talking about these, uh, you know, grenade launchers and stuff. They're firing. Poof, Shooting, and uh, it sounds great. They love it. It's, it's probably a lot of fun, isn't it, Austin? To, yeah, it's great. It's good stuff. That's, I mean, that's what praise is. You are launching grenades into the enemy camp, and he's getting confused and running. They don't know what's going on over there. Listen, praise is such a powerful force. What if we actually started using it? What if we didn't just come in? I mean, and I don't get it. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm not judging people, but... You know, I don't get how you can just come in and, you know, people are praising and you're just, you're sitting there. You know, I mean, we got the anointing in here. Taking your selfies up. Take pictures of yourself. 
Lord, praising God? What's up with that? You know, well, I don't get it. But, but listen, and that's fine, because the people that are, you know, and I, I get it if you're having leg, I'm not, anyway, I'm, all I'm saying is this. Well, let me show you what I'm trying to say. Let's, uh, Jesus put it even better than me. Jesus put it even better than me. Number three is remember the reason you're, pra- you're praising. Remember the reason you're praising. I'm not just praising for the breakthrough. I'm praising the one that can cause a breakthrough. I'm praising the one that's all powerful. Though I'm praising the one that made me. I'm praising the Lord, man. And not just because I want stuff from him. I'm praising him because I love him. I love the Lord. I, I love him, man. His mercies are new every morning. You know, it says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Man, he's good. God is so good. He loves us so much. I'm going to praise him for that. Absolutely. You know, I love, we've got, we are so blessed in Barstow. We've got some of the most beautiful sunrises and sunsets in all the world. In fact, I saw Expedia.com recently rated us as having some of the best sunsets in the U.S. And so we, we're, you know, what I'm saying with that is this. I can't look at a beautiful sunrise and not just instantly, oh my gosh, praise you, Lord. You did that? Wow! You know, I, I see the things that God created and it just, I, I think of God, man. I instantly, my mind goes to God when I see something beautiful out in creation because He made it. So, we've, we've got to remember that. We're, we're praising him, uh, and, and, uh, and, and we're, we're not praising him just because he can do great things for us. We're praising him because we love him. And so what I was saying is this. I just don't get how you can sit in a, an anointed church service and not praise God. I don't get it. You know, I, I, I get it. Not everybody's loud and running around. That's fine. But you just praise God how you feel like doing it. And so the loud ones don't make fun of the quiet ones. Quiet ones, don't you make fun of the loud ones. You, you know, hey, just praise God. There was this Italian poet named Dante. I can't pronounce his last name, but anyway. And so back a hundred years ago, he was in the church service and he failed to kneel at the appropriate time. And so a bunch of people that didn't like him saw him. They're like, ooh, we're going to go to the preacher. Hey, Dante did not kneel at, you know, the time for this. And so his, his response, his defense was, well, if their eyes had been on God like mine were, they maybe would have got so caught up in thinking about God, they would have lost track of what time it was too, and they wouldn't have noticed what I was doing. And so, if you're too busy, like, oh my gosh, you see her over there. She gets crazy with praise. <laughs> She's weird. <laughs> you're not praising. You're thinking about her. Or if you're like, man, I wish he'd... He's so quiet, he just never jumps up or anything. I, don't, I doubt that he even knows. Listen, if your focus is on him, then it's obviously not on God. And you're, again, you're just missing the whole thing. Your focus should be on God, not what everybody, if everybody else is sitting down, but you feel like standing up and praising, do it. If, if, you know, just whatever, you praise God. And so Jesus said this in Luke chapter 19, verse 36. Luke 19, verse 30, uh, yeah, verse 36. And so he's coming into Jerusalem here. It says, as he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. So they're, man, they're praising. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, 
all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the the wonderful miracles they had seen. They're singing blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in highest heaven. And so Jesus is right there. They're praising God, man. They're getting caught up in it. They're laying their coats down before Jesus. They're, they're just praising God and they're getting, they're getting great with it. But look at this. Cause there's always those religious prudes that want to tell you how to praise God, don't they? Like, man, you're, you're too loud. And, and you know, whatever the case is. And look at this. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. He replied, Well, if they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. It's like if, if they don't praise the Lord, the rocks will cry out. Listen, God's going to get His. He's going to get His praise one way or the other. And if we don't do it, the rocks are going to cry out and praise God. And so, why should I be outdone by a rock? Why should a rock make more noise than I make? Why should a rock praise God louder than me? And so, Jesus is like, man, they can be as loud as they want to be. If they don't do it, the rocks are going to cry out. God's alive. And, and listen to me. When we get this attitude of praise, I'm bringing it all down to this. Praise seeming going up. I'm bringing it all down to this. What if we seriously got a hold of the power of praise? Man, you've been praying. I hope so. You've hopefully been reading your Bible a lot. We talked about this last week. But I'm telling you right now, if you could get a hold of the power of praise and learn to start praising God and singing to Him, you can speak praises to God and, and, and just praising God throughout your life, I'll bet that things you've been struggling with for years, you'll break through them. I'll bet things that you've been just trying to get through and get past and all this stuff for years, I'll bet you'll finally see your breakthrough. It may happen in five minutes. It may take some time. I don't know. I'm not God. I have no idea. But all I'm saying is this. There is power in praise. And if you'll, if you'll tap into this resource, if you'll start using this beautiful gift that God gave you, He gave you a mouth, He gave you lungs. And that's to sing His praises with. It's not to, you know, gossip and talk about... But no, it's to sing His praises. Let's start using it for the reason He gave it to us for. And listen to me. God is going to shake things up in your life. 2017 is going to be the best year you've had yet. It's the year that I've been telling people, this is the year you've been waiting for. Yes. This is the one you've been praying for for so long. You've been saying, I, I need this to happen. This is it. But it's not just going to happen. You've got to do things God's way. And praise is one of the things he's telling you to do tonight. Amen. Let's everybody stand up together.